This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Good evening. It is the LFC Day Trippers. It is the Monday Night Forum. Um, it is Ray Dicko, your host. I am back uh, from a few weeks away and um, I've finally gotten over the fact that uh, England didn't win those Euros. <laughs> yeah, you'll be pleased. Oh, did they not? I thought they won it ages ago. Yeah, I, I thought it was in the bag, Andy, myself, but I got a bit carried away there, so I had to dust myself down and I am now back. Scouts, not English. We are back full on LFC uh, with a few weeks to go to the new season. So um, I shed that skin and uh, tonight we've got um, Andy Young, top red. How are you doing, Andy? Top, top red. I'm doing good, right? Excellent. Good. Um, we've got um, Davo, who's confusing me greatly with this uh, cross between a GAA top and a golfing uh, cap. Ah, yeah, yeah. Got to land the cap off, Andy. <laughs> Stuck <laughs> into all kinds of sports, I would imagine. Are you Davo? Yeah, ah, look, I can waffle about it and right, <laughs> it's free season. We know, we know. <laughs> and then down, we've got uh, Pete, uh, down in the bottom right hand corner, we've got Pete Smith from Barcelona. How are you doing, Pete? How's it going? And good to see you again, Dick, after so long. Yeah, cheers, Pete. Good to be back with everyone. So, um, we've got um, we've got four topics uh, tonight. Um, we're going to start with uh, Davo this evening. Uh, he's going to um, kick things off with the uh, with the summer clear out um, and uh, Liverpool clearing the decks, uh, raising the capital that's required to bring in. Um, nobody probably. Um, so um, to, to funnel off to the Red Sox potentially, um, and then we've got, um, <laughs> and then we've got um, Andy who's going to um, have a discussion around uh, some of the comments that came out from Jeannie Wijnaldum um, uh, earlier over the weekend um, and last week um, about his departure from Liverpool and uh, what surrounded that. Um, Pete is going to talk about um, the accountability that uh, is in football or lack of it for certain clubs, uh, whereas we're, we're, we're strictly uh, sort of playing it by the book, so to speak. Um, and then I will wrap things up and have a general discussion about what I feel is going to be the, um, the best season ever, potentially, um, in some respects, uh, given... Um, other clubs strengthen, and I, th- and I think we've got plenty to to go to war with, even if we don't make uh, too much of a splash in the transfer market for the rest of the season. So um, we will start with um, we'll start with Davo. Um, Davo, we've seen some um, we've some, seen some players leave um, uh, over the last few days. Um, we've seen Harry Wilson leave yesterday, twelve million uh, pounds to Fulham. 
following a number of uh, low moves uh, previous to that. He's finally gone off the books. Um, we've seen Gruwich go um, a few days back as well. There's talk of Shakiri now getting into serious <coughs> Uh, talks with uh, Lazio, I believe. Um, and then we've got, you know, the potential of uh, Minamino moving on, uh, Harvey Elliott, um, some some sort of sounds about him going out on loan this season. So um, I'll, I'll hand over to you, Davo. What, what, what's, your, what's your feeling on all of this right now? Well, I think the last time I was on, it was just before pre-season started and it was, it was an upy, excited topic. Just great to see the lads back. And I think... I think this is as well. You don't like to see people look at it's just part and parcel of football players uh, moving on. And I won't steal this because it was Andy's show earlier, but it looks like an awful lot of pre pandemic kind of last summer's business. If it had been a normal summer, it's kind of getting done now. Um, like you said, Grewage is gone, Wilson is gone. Uh, like the wheels are in motion, really, for like signs are going to come in. Like that's just I, I think if we all love we all love a, a nice shiny new sign and I think mo- most of us do, but this had to be done first. We we are not a team that needs six or seven bodies to come in. We needed to get rid of a few, trim that squad down, and then bring in a couple. One or bring in probably two starters are very close to starters that are. Uh, going to make a difference for us. So I think I think it's a positive thing what's happening uh, in these uh, in these few weeks. Like you said, yeah, getting lads off the wage. But I have a list here. You've you've Gruwich, Wilson, Owenewi's gone back to Union Berlin. Uh, like Shaq is seemingly talking to Lazio or getting or starting to make moves at Lazio. These lads are on like these are on decent wages, particularly Luis Gruwich. Shaq would be on decent wages. Minamino looks like it could be a, maybe a, a loan later in the winter to Southampton with an obligation to buy. We've, we have Ojo linked with Brentford today. Um, Elliot could be going on a loan, seemingly, to Brentford. I would probably like him to stay, but Brentford would seem like a good loan. But listen, the, the point of the topic is there's space being made up now to start making moves to, to bring the couple of players in that we need. And I think that's that's nothing but a positive. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, over to you, Andy. I mean, this, for, for all intents and purposes, this summer has always looked like it needed to get, I think Deadwood would be a little bit harsh, but it certainly needed to have a bit of a, a spring clean. And that didn't just mean bringing in one or two or three new faces, but it did also mean letting players go get them off the wage bill let them try and uh, push on resurrect the careers elsewhere yeah yeah like look Davo said it there last year they tried to do a lot of business and obviously it wasn't possible with the with the pandemic really kicking off and taking hold of football and the finance of football so all that uncertainty it's probably been a bit of setback at the plan um, as much as Liverpool would plan to, uh, to bring players in and the succession plan, they they have to get rid of certain players. Whether you want to call it Deadwood or players that just haven't quite worked out, but it's part of football. Players have to live. Um, have to live. A lot of players featured last season that um, would have never featured only for all the injuries. So that absolutely has to be done. It's just when you look at two transfer windows of exits, it it adds up. You know, it is it is a big clear out. When you when you count up these players, like you know, we've named them already, but we we Kabaku played quite a lot of games last year. Genie who played practically all the games, um, you've Gruwich there who played no games, but it, it's still it's still an exit that's being promised for a while. Um, and and look, Arigi, Shaq, and uh, Nat Phillips probably go. 
one of the Williams might go. You know, these are players that have, have had involvement. And then there's a few players like Carius, you know, who was kind of gone, and Minamino, who was he was gone as well. But they all add up, and uh, they add up to a significant amount of money that can be reinvested in um in players over the course of you know their contracts. And I'm fairly certain that the the owners will reinvest that they always have, and it might be a little bit extra on top of that. So, um, if you if you look at maybe six seven players gone, I'm sure we'll see at least another two or three come in. Yeah, I mean, Pete, um, Andy touches on something there around reinvesting this 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 cash that we're raising through through sales of players. I mean, you know, twelve million. You know, it's not it's not a bad fee for for for. Um, it's not it's not a bad fee. Um, we've just got from Fulham. Um, Gruwich obviously cash there in the bank. Do you expect us to to spend all of this cash um, in yeah. this window? Yeah. The idea of spending money needs to be looked at. I mean, Liverpool, obviously, you know, the the, the, the model that FSG have, which works, is that we spend what we have. But we don't, you know, people need to get out of their heads. And claim, if there's anyone left out there who, who who doesn't understand the way it works, that we don't, for example, we don't wait to, to save 30 million and then buy a 30 million player. Liverpool will make a series of, of deals where they will structure their payments very, very meticulously, very carefully. And I have to hand it to Fulham as well, looking at what they did with, with Harry Wilson, following the rules again, and that will be a, a huge topic later on. <laughs> following the rules, they, they obviously understand that they can't buy their way out of the championship, so we won't charge them a penny effectively until 2022. I think that's quite clever. But yeah, I think I agree with Andy that a lot of the deadwood, you know, that was postponed from being moved on from last year is now being kind of shifted on. And Liverpool will invest. Um, it, it's all about having that money to say, OK, we pay X amount up front and we structure this deal over the next three or four seasons. That's the way Liverpool do business. And, and I'll, we'll talk about it later on. I, I love the way Edwards and FSG do their business. It's incentivized. It keeps, it, it keeps clubs interested and it puts real value on what you're trying to do out there in the market. Everything else, in my view, uh, destroys hunger. You know, you look at the deals being done and, you know, you, you, you throw 50, 60, 70 million in one go for a player. Um, unless it's a Virgil van Dijk level, it very rarely works out whether it's the, the club looking at you kind of thinking, are you fooled? Or it's a player looking at you kind of thinking, you've destroyed my hunger now. I'm no longer, I've made it. I'm there. I don't yeah. need to be incentivized. I love the way Liverpool do business, to be honest. It's not for, for the Twitterati who have no patience and want to see everyone come in in one, one fell swoop, but it's for the guys out there, the, the players out there who who believe in their own ability and need to be incentivized. So, yeah, I agree with Andy. We sell, and it's funny, Philip Casey made the, the, the point a few weeks ago, the machine is fed by all of these young players like Ryan Kent, for example, who come in, we get six, seven, eight, nine, ten million pounds for them, and then we invest that ten million pounds cleverly in bigger names and structure those deals to incentivize both the player and the selling club. So mm. I'm really happy with the way Liverpool do business. So just back to you, Davo, before we move past this. So if we if we so we we've we've raised pretty much thirty million pounds uh from the three lads who've gone so far, uh potentially more to come in. If we were to invest in a, a forty to fifty million pound player in, in this window, what position would you want that to be in? 
Um, listen, I think the two we need is in midfield and then someone um, someone up front. Be it whether you want the, the boys discuss it last night, whether you want a Vlaovic uh, type of centre forward, kind of a bit of a target man that can move, or you want to go somewhere. I know Marlon has gone to Dortmund uh, today or is in the process of going. You want someone that can play across that front three. That's a decision, obviously, for the manager and Michael Edwards and, and whatnot. But it'll be one of them two positions, uh, definitely. GD will have to be replaced. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I would keep Matt Phillips around. I think he's proven himself. Uh, to to be in the squad because I would be of the opinion uh, Sean he said it last night knee injuries they aren't a death sentence uh, that they used to be for a career which I totally agree with but I think what you generally find is they will I think Van Dijk and Gomez or one of them or maybe they, they will pick up a muscle injury after being out when you go back to game intensity after being out for nine months and, and all that the knee is fine you've done all your chin work you've done all but game intensity twist and torn and we can see a muscle injury being picked up I think it actually happened to Ox uh, when he came back as well I think he might have picked up a calf strain or kept him out for a couple of weeks so I would like to see um, I would really like to see at least six months anyway going into January of seeing how the two boys are which I'm sure will be fine but I would still like to have Phillips there rather than um, maybe getting rid of him and relying because listen at some stage Matip is just one of them Klopp will be doing his press conference on the tours, then he'll just drop in with five minutes left. Yeah, listen, Joel is out. And, uh, he got he got a kick and train, and Joel is out. Uh, nothing too serious, but he's out. Over and six weeks. Might, yeah, and he might be out for four weeks. So mm. I, would, I would personally uh, keep Williams around. Now, having said that, I think if a, if a club comes in and bids maybe 15, 18, 20 million, I think Liverpool might say, and, and they probably wouldn't be wrong to, this is the height of his value and it will be the time to cash in which could happen as well but um, I would keep him around but yeah listen I think I think probably in midfield would be the one if we can get someone in the midfield um, to replace Gini I think that's really where the majority of the, the money I would spend it anyway Mm. I think uh, I think Dave's LFC chat's been reading my mind there. He's saying keep Nat Phillips till January. Um, Andy, I think there's a case can be made for, for that, isn't there? Because essentially, it, it, if we keep him around as a bit of an insurance policy and then we get to January and, and the lads have kind of got, you know, the likes of Van Dyke, Gomez and Matip, you can re, you you know you you re, you're able to rely on at least two of those. You've got Kanate as well. It could potentially be a uh, a market for, for Nat Phillips in January from 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 a team who's looking to solidify uh, going into the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean I've only mentioned him because he's been strongly linked with a move to Brighton and um, uh, who else? Newcastle were mentioned. Burnley, uh, like, look, he got us out of a hole last year. If he wants to stay at Liverpool, he should be he should be let stay. There should be no no reason whatsoever to be rushing him out the door. I mean, we're not we shouldn't be desperate to be getting rid of uh, centre backs of all positions after the season we had last year. And I think Dave uh, is right. Um, January at the very least, you got to look and see how Kanati settles in. You have to look at how. Um, Van Dijk and Gomez and Matip, all their injuries progress. You know, or their recoveries progress. Uh, they'll have to be. They'll have to be prevented of. Like, you can't just play Van Dijk every game as soon as he's mm-hmm. back in. You know, be you would you would assume that's a bit reckless. So keep the numbers around, especially at centre half. 
and look, there's some of them that could, you know, Gomez can do a job as cover for right back as well. So uh, um, if you see a centre back going like Nat Phillips or whether um, uh, what's his face uh, Davis that that never really got a look in. If you see any of them going, I, I I'd be sure we'd replace them. I wouldn't yeah. be sure. I wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Quebec come come back in. So you just just keep the numbers there. There should be no uh, no rush whatsoever to get rid of those. Yeah, I mean, look, there's also league cup league cup football to consider, isn't there? Um, before Christmas, I think that gets all the way through the kind of semi final stage. Then you've got Champions League. Hopefully, you get a, you know one, maybe two dead rubbers there that you can play in that Phillips in. And so there's there's definitely definitely a few games there for him. I think if he if he hangs around. Um, so look, we'll, um, we'll move it on. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to one of the exits. Um, the the first exit really that we, we were all aware of. And there was obviously always a little bit of a, I mean, there was, there was no, there was no cloud really in terms of Genie's exit. I didn't think from, from a, from the fan base point of view, but, but actually, um, you know, he went, he went what I thought was with good, with goodwill. Um, and, but it turns out, you know, that genie's had a few words to say. Um, and, and actually maybe the, the, what's happened there? <laughs> the bunker. I think we've lost we've lost the bunker and we've lost Shane. Well not to go not to go <laughs> <with it. laughs> It's interesting he's getting on to he's getting on to Genie One album. Yeah, yeah, will we wait till they will we wait till they get back? Uh, or will we have a little, a little chat amongst ourselves. Uh, let's have a look at some of the comments. <laughs> <laughs> um We've obviously been banned from mentioning the, the name Genie White Album. Yeah. Well, here's our host back now, and we'll get him back. He's jumping back in before I absolutely crucify him. What's going on? The Gremlins have you tonight, Ray? And Davo. <laughs> and Davo. Yeah, yeah Davo was, was pinged out. <laughs> Very good. Right, so go on, on to you, Andy, around Wine Aldum, yeah? Hold on, me. There's the Davo fella back in now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mike, what happened there? <laughs> we are back. Yeah, we're back. We're uh, sponsored by AIG and Ping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, um, I was off social media for most of the last four or five days. I was away a little bit, and um, so I was lucky avoid, uh, that I avoided the reaction to this Ginny story. But I did kind of catch some of the cynical reactions that are out there, um, and uh, you know that it's just cover for demanding more money. Uh, you know, and Pierce's article today suggested that it it, um, it was more about the club digging their heels in than anything else. But look, for me, Ginny's always been an honest player. Um, he gave everything and he spoke up openly when he when he needed to, when he felt he had to say something. Like the, the Champions League semi-final against Barca was one occasion where he was left out and after kind of winning the game for C, he was very sure to make sure he, you know, he said he was disappointed. So he's always been an honest player. So I'm trusting here. I, I think we own that. Um, like, I just think that the fan behavior has always been a pet hate of mine. Most people know, like ever since Lucas used to get dogs abuse, um, 
you know, I, I think even these days it's it's nothing compared to the reach and influence from the modern social media world how players can get um can can hear these voices of fans and, and the negativity as well. And like most people, part of me is saying, Oh, come on, don't be so precious, like you get paid well enough. And I'm not aware if it ever escalated to anything really nasty like racism or death threats, that sort of territory. But even so, what what are so-called supporters doing directly tweeting players all this criticism and stick? Like, I, I, you know, see the type when Alan was get when Alan was getting slaughtered in his performances and the value of the team. He wasn't getting assists. He wasn't scoring goals. And we know as decent fans that that wasn't his role. Like no. he was never present for Klopp in that team. You know, and that and that was for following his orders and doing very well and playing that role effectively just like Henderson used to take all that stick when he was kind of playing a deep role and like where do you think uh, he's being overly sensitive or it's you know the reality of it is that these things are getting to players you know okay maybe just switch off altogether get off social media but it, sh- it shouldn't have to be that way you know your absolute minimum requirement as a supporter is to support you know it's not too much to ask and what these dickheads are, are completely seem to be completely oblivious to the fact is that the sort of behavior that they're going on with affects performances. And in this case, it it's played a role in him not extending his contract, you know, whether you want to believe or not. But I, I trust him, I believe him. I do think it played a role. And people might laugh and think it's ridiculous, but the margins at this level are so fine. You don't need to be given your the opposition these competitive advantages by slaughtering your players and having any sort of messages going into their heads, going into games, because that's what these younger players are, these the modern players are doing. They're spending time on social media, and some people are do get affected by negativity. You know, mm. they they don't they don't um, take aboard all the support that they're getting. So I I just think spending your day is hampering the potential. To your own football team is is uh, is incredible and it needs to stop and it's not the Liverpool way at all. I expect that from other other teams, but not Liverpool. We've always been a team that supported the players, and he said it himself when he's in the ground. You never heard any of those sort of groans or or yeah. those shouts. And and look, we can talk about the divide the, the locals and the gang goers and and whatnot. But look, I give I give these people that are on social media that never go to the games some credit. Like they they're fans as well. They should be fans. They should be supporting the team. And an absolute minimum is not to be giving your fucking players shit like that. And uh and to factor in their decision making when it comes to extending the contract. He was offered a contract, right? Maybe it wasn't enough money, but it played a role in him leaving. And that's thanks to these dickheads on social media. Uh, so I'm disappointed our own fans, people who consider themselves supporters, are that naive to think that what they're saying on social media doesn't have an effect that needs to stop, especially for Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, Red Steve makes a makes a, a, a good point there. If he thinks PSG doesn't have wankers on Twitter, he's a mug and he's no mug. Uh, but that's but that's I mean that's no excuse. That's no excuse. Like, I mean, maybe maybe he expects that from PSG fans, but he doesn't expect that from Liverpool fans. Maybe he's happy out. I'll go over there. I'll earn my last book. I'll ignore the fans. But the bond between Ginny and Liverpool and the bond between most players uh, and uh, the club is different than, than clubs like PSG. They're, they're evolving door. 
It's just splash the cash. There's no relationship there. These players come into Liverpool, come into Melwood, or um, or the new training ground. They build up uh, rapport with the with the staff there. Everybody's one. Everybody's part of the the same mission. So, um, I don't really think it's a case where he's expecting that different from PSG. I just think he might be expected a bit more from Liverpool, and I certainly expect a bit more. Yeah, I mean, Davo, uh, this is a player. I mean. Andy references uh, Lucas Leiva, yeah. Uh, different, mm. different sort of era, really, in terms of uh, the, the 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 success of the club. I mean, this was a player who um, came on and scored two goals in a in a in probably the most memorable uh, game at Anfield, uh, certainly in recent uh, history. Come off the bench, scored two goals. Um, he's. He's a player that's won a Champions League with us, has won a Premier League with us, as Andy says. If you go to a game, I can't I, I honestly can't think of a game where uh Jeannie Winalden came under any sort of um mm. you know criticism from 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 the crowd. Um not not even from individuals. I mean Lucas Laver and players like you know, Mignolet, you, you, you years, Lovren, you know, would be singled out consistently and, you know, fans would be, you'd know, particularly if you sit in the same seat, you'd know that an individual has got an axe to grind with a particular player. As soon as they do something wrong, they'd be straight on the back. None of this with Jeannie Wijnaldum. So it purely is kind of a, a, a the social media kind of fan, if you like, you know that's kind of that that mm. he is that he is absolutely kind of uh, pointing the finger at here. Do do you buy this or or do you think that he kind of he did dig a little bit of a hole, as in he said mm. he was revealed the reasons why he was going to be you know deciding to exit the club. It does seem like a little bit of a stretch in some respects. Are you fully buying it or do you think his mind was made up? And he's trying to kind of look yeah. a little bit better than being a kind of mercenary, mm. you say. Look, I, look, I, I, like it's it's a good topic because I think there's a few different strands to it, right? I just think direct messaging a player on Twitter to abuse him has has absolutely no place. Like has absolutely no place to send abuse to your tiger player going, you're absolutely shit. This, that, and the other. In my opinion, that has that has no place. You've had the likes of Echo Williams. Uh, deleting the social media accounts or blacking them out the picture because of the abuse he was getting. He's only a young kid coming in, you know what I mean? It's hard to come in and give Trent a break, etc., etc. But on the flip side of that, like we're all on Twitter and me and Andy or me and Pete or whoever could be having a conversation and say, well, I think Lovren was shit today. I think Mignolet was shit today. I think that's fine. I think it's fine to have a conversation even through the through a medium of Twitter and say, well, I thought your mum was poxy today, blah, blah, blah. Now, if players are searching their own names and scrolling through abuse and all that. Well, look, that's on them. Like, that's, do you know what I mean? Of course, what you're going to, you're going to get, not everything is going to be good. You're, you're going to get comments that you don't like. But I just think this is just a case of Genie and the club couldn't agree a deal, be it, I'd imagine it's to do with money. It might have been a contract length as well. Could have been an issue. Uh, they couldn't do a deal. It happens all the time in football. There's absolutely no issue with that. The club, probably felt rightly or wrongly. I always think there's a time, I always like to kind of feel that if you can sell a player slightly earlier, 
you showed rather than slightly too late, as in, we don't know what it is. Look, I, I love Genie, like you said, never heard him get any stick in the ground. Brilliant player, a legend. Like Sean, he said last night, he classed him as a legend, definite legend at the club. But he's getting, he's, he's just gone torky, I think, isn't he? He's played a lot of games, a lot of minutes in them legs. Holland again in the summer played all the minutes. Is it the right time to, to let him go and not give him a four-year contract on X amount of money a week? That's, listen, time will tell. I, I don't have any issue with the club not paying him the money. But this kind of story, to me, is kind of an on story. I don't, like, Jeannie Wijnaldum could have come out and said anything. It doesn't matter. You don't play for Liverpool anymore, so yeah. I don't really care. Like, the abuse yeah. thing, you don't, don't direct message a player. Absolutely agree with that. But listen, Jeannie, I don't really care. You're gone. Like I, I don't believe it was anything. I will put it this way: if the if the himself and the club agreed um, uh, money wise and lent the contract was, he'd have signed that contract. He wouldn't have gone. No, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sign because I'm getting a bit of stick on Twitter. Cars he to fucking sign the deal because he's he's obviously a bit. It's obviously sticking in his craw a bit that he yeah. didn't get the, he didn't get the yeah. deal he wanted off Liverpool. So yeah. which is which is fine as well. Like, like yeah. I said. I don't think anyone is like it's it's like it's it's like it's a multifaceted argument here, but I don't really like Jeannie, yeah, get a bit of stick off fans. Like you would have signed a deal if it was right all around. And you're coming out to say this, fair enough. It doesn't really it doesn't stay in as stay at the club or, or the way I view them or anything like that. I just don't really care. Like you don't play for us anymore. See? I mean can I, yeah, can I yeah. just say there though, look, sometimes money does make these things go away. Sometimes money would make you just ignore it. I'm just saying that it's if he is claiming that it played a role in his decision-making, and I believe him. I believe he did, mm. it did play a role. And I do think that the modern footballer does get caught up in fan opinion, and it can get into their heads and affect their confidence. You know, if a mm. player is not playing well, if he felt that his performances weren't of the, the level that he expects of himself and he goes onto social media and sees that backed up because you're, you're only going to see all these, them comments, mm. you know, sometimes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Maybe the phrase, if you, what you see, what you want to see is wrong, but it's if if he's looking for reasons to 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 kind of agree with that his performances weren't of a standard, all he's going to see is that. And that's not, it's not going to do players any good. Look, and look, the same goes for every player at the club who is on long-term contracts or would sign a, an extension, whether it's Henderson. Henderson's took more stick than, mm. than him. Um, but I'm just saying, if you consider yourself a proper supporter, stop. Cop onto yourself. A lot of the lads there uh, are saying that, um, how do you know it was Liverpool fans? Well, like, you just have to take it that it is. Look, I've seen some of the comments from people I do know are genuine Liverpool fans who do comment on every game, who do comment on, on performances, good and bad, and they went a bit heavy about Ginny, saying he offers nothing in the team. 
You know what I mean? What, that's what's, like, what's players? What are players going to? You're you're saying to me there about him checking his performances to see what. Like for me, he's been one of the most consistent performers we've 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 had in the last couple of years. Look, I like you'd re- I'd rarely watch a game and go, Jesus, Genie was shy. Rarely, like there is games where he doesn't hit the height the heights. But he, I I've always found him to be a consistent performer for the club give him a, you you'd struggle to get a beach ball off him in a phone box you know what I mean we all see that you come in the ball comes into him toy areas holds players off brilliant player yeah so ah, listen, quality no, absolute quality but some fans couldn't see that for whatever reason maybe they just don't like that type of player they want to see they want to see the genie that plays for Holland for instance yeah. that they expect more goals and assists and all that contributing but but if if one of them had been played in a 10 I'm sure he would have done that for us too. Mm. But he played the game because Klopp, Klopp wanted him to play and wanted to do that role. And he was following orders. He's a you know a real professional, a real honest player to 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 stick to that role for so long and then to go away in international duty and play a totally different game. I think he's a massive loss, and I think I think he deserves he has the credibility to be listened to there, and I think he should be taken on board for fans. Okay, you're never you're never going to get rid of those idiots that are saying horrible things on Twitter day in day out, racists and whatever. But I'm talking to I'm talking to Liverpool fans here. Cop fucking on, you know what I mean? If you want to give if you want to give your your the team you support a competitive advantage, and that's what it's all about at this level. Fine margins. You can lose leagues by a point or by goal difference. Don't be going onto Twitter and giving your players shit. Look. It's, it's, look, we can sit. We sit on podcasts. And we criticize players, but I like to think we do it in a measured way. You know what I mean? And we appraise players, and uh, when credit, give them credit where it's due, or, or um, you know, give a a critical analysis of a performance. But they, this, some of the behavior of our own fans, seriously, it's not Liverpool. And that was a party political broadcast by the top <laughs> by Andy Young for the last five or six minutes. That was a good old rant, that Andy. You were absolutely flying there. Open the soapbox. <laughs> he needs to be in uh, is it Hyde Park Corner, I think it is, where there's yeah. the most famous of uh, soapboxes. Um, so, Pete, I just want just to wrap this up. Um, uh, interested to hear your thoughts on the social media aspect, but also uh, as we kind of bridge into your topic, um, it is really about, I think some of this comes back to how the club runs, how the club is run by the owners. And I think we, we you know, we're seeing it now with Jordan Henderson as well. Um, it's, it, 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 you know, when, when players get to the thirties, you know, the, the, the club has obviously certain ways that they approach uh, contract Negotiations, extensions, yeah. renewals. Yeah. Surely, that, surely that was kind of at the front of all of this, and then everything sort of works sort of behind that. First of all, I want to say I'm a huge fan. I always have been of Gene Allen as a player. Now, from the beginning, I'll be honest. I, when he was a Newcastle player, I didn't know what he did because I, I looked at him when we signed him, and I thought, you know, this is a, this is a winger who is not particularly skillful. He seems to have a bit of energy and he seems to turn up when he wants to. I think Klopp did bring something out in him that a lot of, a lot of people didn't think. So I'm a huge fan of what he brings. But I think what people always forget about Liverpool Football Club and certainly about the way uh, FSG and the way Michael Edwards and to a certain extent Jorgen Klopp and the committee run things, they don't seem to make exceptions mm. for anyone in any circumstance. And that's borne out by the fact that 
there's still a huge cloud of uncertainty around what's going to happen with the captain. And I think we can we can all dress it up with semantics. My view would be that Gini Wijnaldum, the club, recognises, and I think he would have a particular soft spot for Gini Wijnaldum as a player, considering he helped to mould that player into what he is. He would probably have spoken to him and said, listen, you're 29, you're nearly 30, but physiologically, you're probably, you know, like Henrik Larsson was, 24, 25. So I'm going to have a good chat with the organisation and make sure that we get what you want. And he was probably met with, well, no, Jorgen, we all agreed that we would do things the way they're going to be done. I'm not going to break it for anyone. And by the way, he wants as much money as Mohamed Salah. Hmm. So that was probably an start. I think Gini Wijnaldum feels betrayed. I won't say by Jorgen Klopp, because that's not true, but he probably feels betrayed by what he may have been promised. And in order to vent, because I think he made a statement a few weeks ago saying, I'm going to come out and I'm going to make a statement and watch this. And then probably sat down and have a thought, had a think about it and thought to himself, okay, I'll go in another direction. Because the statement, to be honest with you, the weekend was fucking childish. Unless it was related to uh, to to uh, to racism, that's where I draw the line. If Jeannie Wijnaldum wants to talk about receiving racist abuse, but let me tell you, when a fan of a football club or when a supporter of a football club is dissatisfied with a player's performance, now don't get me wrong, they're not experts. They don't know the game. And I agree with Andy's point in just because you're not making goals and assists, it doesn't make, mean that you're not you know, contributing to the game. There's a lot of naivety. But people, you cannot tell people that they're not, they're not entitled to 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 communicate their frustrations at any player. And it's not just, if it was solely at Genie Monaldum, I would accept that point. But we've seen everybody receive it. However, and I listened to everything that you guys have to say, and I understand getting behind everyone. But the value of real cheering a player and really cheering on a player is that it's genuine. You know, if you're going to tell every player that he's fucking world class, it, it, there comes to a, it comes a stage when you know, your 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 support of that player is worthless because I ah, say that to all the players just because I'm wearing a red fucking jersey. Pardon my language. Because this annoys me, I have to say. Part of being an elite sportsman is understanding that you're professional. 150,000 euros a week. <laughs> okay? 150,000 euros a week. Now, I'm not saying that entitles anyone to give you abuse, but it certainly entitles people to their opinion. So... If Jeannie made the statement, said I don't, I wasn't feeling the love. Sorry for you. Don't get me wrong. I loved them. Real football supporters loved them. Like the guys in our form, we saw the value, the endless energy. You know what he did the night in Barcelona was nothing short of miraculous. And for that alone, he's an absolute legend. I agree with Sean. But you know, unless you're coming out and saying that I was abused and it was over the top, it was about my family, it was about the color of my skin, then you've got my sympathies. But don't waste that that thing. However. Moving on to the other side of things, I do believe that, to be honest with you, his frustrations, he's 30 years of age and he deserves, he's a professional top of his game, captain of his country in the in the absence of Virgil van Dijk, so deserves that final big payoff that he probably expected. And by the way, that Jordan Henderson expects. Don't make no mistake, Jordan Henderson expects that final big pay day of the final contract and is disappointed not to get it. But I would prefer personally... Me, and I'm not speaking for anyone in the forum. I would prefer someone to say, listen, I'm a pro. I've got to feed my family. I don't want my grandchildren to have to work. So there's a, an offer on the table from Qatar, from Paris, from other clubs of 
in excess of 230 grand basic on a good week I can make 290 grand why should I turn that down I prefer somebody to say that than turn around and say now I know he didn't link the two but the, he knew that the inference was there so I prefer somebody to say pay me than you know say I wasn't feeling the love not feeling the love is absolute bullshit because real supporters and let me tell you he would have been aware of the support he was getting from real football supporters would have been telling him every week oh you know the, the work you do on and off the ball is superb so he knows he knows how that he's valued don't talk to me about not feeling valued there'll always be that lunatic fringe that will criticize you because they don't like you that's a reality of, of regardless even leo messi gets that shit you're not tall enough in even Mohamed Salah gets it. Yeah, um, listen, Mohamed Salah gets it worse than anyone. And that's <laughs> a good point, to be honest. With you. And unjust of Mohamed Salah is is unquestionable, but gets questioned every day. <laughs> However, I'm not buying the whole, you know, show me the love bullshit. Take that show me the love to Paris in front of nobody, you know, in that fake organization within that fake league. Listen, I'm sorry that Genie Manalem is not going to be part of it. A very versatile player, an excellent player, and a big miss for Liverpool. I'm more disappointed as a supporter of Liverpool Football Club that we don't seem to have a clear plan to replace him and that mm. people are talking about replacing him from within the squad. We will well, not. I think I, I think he was I think he was replaced by Thiago last year. I disagree. However, but let me tell you something. I'm more because it shows me that there was a lot of two and a four, and I think Klopp carries the can for that. He was probably fighting, fighting, fighting to have the contract there. I think Klopp really wanted it. However, for me, don't make a statement like I'm not feeling the love. And I mean that's just I'm sorry, it's childish. Unless he was being unless he's talking about abuse, and let me tell you, we're fighting. Well, sure he was, he people. was abused, P. He was abused. Okay, no, he was criticized, Andy. He was criticized. And for me, the statement he made at the weekend. No. No, told me that he, he doesn't like criticism. Criticism is part and parcel of, of professionals. Yeah, but I don't. But I don't, I don't I think, think it's a case where he was just criticised. I think he. Was, I think he got uh, over the top abuse at times. Some idiots, though. I mean, he should. He should be discerning enough to know that this group of people are idiots. Yeah. And if certain people abuse me or criticise from certain corners, then I take notice. Every single player in that squad that we have, except Virgil Van Dijk. Yeah, look, there's, it, look, there's a very it's criticized and or abused. There's a very defensive line between uh critic critiquing uh criticizing a performance or a run of performances than abusing a player. Do you know what I mean? Just for him to make that statement, and as I said, I, I do trust his words when he says and make it. The statement that he must, he must have, make the statement when you're at the club. Stand up while you're at the club. Have the balls to say, I'm not putting up with this. I, By the way, I've just single-handedly beat Barcelona. Who are you to fucking criticise me? Make that statement. No, it, was a, it, was a good bit after, it was a good bit after that. You know what I mean? It was a good bit after I'm that. Not, it was a season where, where, um, where maybe his performances weren't of the standard that he expects of himself. But, you look. Just going back to that point about players that are on 150 grand a week uh, or, or whatever they're on, whether they're on 100 grand or 50 grand, it's still a lot of money. Fans are entitled to voice their opinion on the player's performance, but I just don't think fans are entitled to abuse their own players. Well, I didn't say, no, hang on, Andy, I never said that. I, let's make but a point is about anybody. abuse. We sit here and criticize players. I don't think there's a I don't think there's a problem with that. Players will cr- criticize themselves, but I'm talking about abuse. And he was abused by fans. No more I than Mohamed Salah. 
More than Mohamed Salah? No, no. More than no, more than no, more than no, anybody else? No, but this isn't but the point is it more shouldn't than be happening to any of our players. Jordan Henderson receives abuse like I've never I said seen. that. I said that, Pete. Jordan Henderson gets more than, than any of them. But I'm not I'm not seeing a point, Andy, where it's above and beyond anybody that's there. Say it while you're there. I've listened. If you don't like the abuse, as well, I'd like to see I'd like to see some of the other players step up now. I'd like to see Henderson say, Yeah, like and Henderson is a, is the type of fella who will stand up and say to, to to put a message out there that the fan the players don't need that shit. They don't need you know, okay. They probably feel yeah, if they no, do I'll say it, they probably feel I'll if they do that. say it that they're being a bit precious, they're getting played a lot of money. <laughs> they probably they probably would think that they're they're uh, they're looking to be exempt from all sort of criticism. But I'm talking about abuse, P. Stop abusing your fucking own players on, on social media. No, no, it's not doing listen, any good. I agree with you. I agree with you there. And I'm not I saying I'm not saying it's and, and it's not about it's not about me, 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 about Genie and Alum. It's about yeah. all the players. The only time I'd ever go take the social media to abuse a player if they weren't putting it in for the short. And we've been lucky the last few years that we've had players that have come in and gave it all. The whole yeah. fucking squad there Is deserves it? to be there be, based on their based on their efforts. But there was a time nobody should abuse yeah. anyone who does something far beyond uh, that you could ever dream of having the ability to do it. Yeah, abuse and, and Ginny no Winaldum gave everything for Liverpool. You know what I mean? He didn't deserve any abuse from fans. No, no, no. Well, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step in because Red Steve's asked me if anything, anything else is on tonight. I thought, you know, I thought Andy made a good recovery from a, a, a Conor McGregor style kind of broken leg there when Pete started launching into his side of the argument. So fair, fair play for. And look, it's prompted the super chat as well from Steve Thomas. So look, you're getting paid for all of this. No one should ever take comments or abuse on social media, seriously. People well, would that's to your face, it's not real. Treat it no. with the bullshit it is. I mean yeah, that's wrong though. That's wrong. It, it, look, it, we've, it, we've got it, people. It, I think it's easy. I think it's easy to say that if 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 you're if you've never been and I've never thankfully been um, on the receiving end, I, I, I think Steve. In fairness, I think if you probably were in a position where you were getting constant abuse of any any kind um, on, on social media, and didn't even have to be on social media, it could be you know in 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 the real world, so to speak. I think that would take its toll um, on, on anyone that it was persistently direct that we can all take the odd bit of criticism i'm sure we've all got uh, deg degrees of thick skin but for someone to be consistently abused on any level i think it is just it's, it's it, it is wrong and i and i get both sides i get both sides of the argument lads but we'll move it on we'll go on to uh, and pete um we're on to your we're on to your topic hopefully andy will completely strip this one down but we're on to football um we're, we're on to the accountability in football and i know that you've been keeping a keen eye on um you know manchester city because i know um it doesn't sit right with you um how they operate as a football club we talk about how we're operating as a football club um and, and we do it in, in one particular way man city yeah. is Completely different yeah. kettle of fish, yeah. Yeah, let's be honest. I mean, look, I just think in, to frame this, you know, uh, look at the amount of, I mean, shame and back me up on this. The amount of Egypt you get, and the amount of people that you'll get who criticise 
are criticising Liverpool. I've been very, very impatient with Liverpool for not spending millions and millions over the last few days, like you know, like other clubs are. By the way, the other clubs that are spending their money, you know, the Varane deal in 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 particular, to use an example, that's to try and catch up with where we are now. But that's we won't even talk about that. I think Liverpool's run very deliberately and very very stringently and you know very strictly and we've seen a lot of the benefit over the last certainly the last four or five years certainly the last three years however i received and this all comes from the fact that i was as you know as you guys know you're in the, the whatsapp group i received a, a copy of a court injunction and i think i got it around the 25th or 26th of april concerning manchester city and uh, from a journalist friend of mine in the uk and um, who i won't name um Saying that this is listen, this is real. That Man City are in court with the with the FA in the Premier League uh, to try and put a super injunction on this. And I was kind of laughed out of the group. Oh, it's just a fake. It's just this. But then I got it. I got a message. I sent it to another friend of mine, a journalist friend of mine in the UK, and he sent me a message back saying, "Can you send me a clearer copy of this document?" And that that's when I started to think. And I I got on the field and said, "Listen, I think this has legs." Anyway, it transpired in the end that the the injunction was very, very real. And it, I, I think we've all witnessed what's been going on over the last few days. So effectively, where UEFA failed, I mean, we've we've always talked within here, and Andy, you are the, probably the biggest advocate of saying that UEFA as an organisation aren't fit for purpose. And you're absolutely right, because they don't know their own rules. But one organisation that seems to not understand their own rules is the Premier League, and they don't seem to be bound by shall we say, the time constraints that UEFA are, are, are bound by. Um, and I think the thing that interests me the most when I looked at, <laughs> when I looked at somebody, <laughs> when I looked at somebody's evidence, um, I looked at the fact that uh, Simon Pearce, who is an Australian PR executive and sits, has a seat, interestingly, on the Manchester, Manchester City board. And basically, he's a PR consultant who's charged with, I don't like using the term whitewash because it sounds discriminatory, discriminatory but he's been paid to shall we say cast uh, those um the owners of manchester city in a favorable light shall we say in the western world and he's to all intents and purposes he's doing a very very good job but a number of emails obviously had surfaced from mr pierce where he was uh, challenged on the fact that manchester city would like to uh, report their financial uh, income and their financial health in a more healthy way to which he responded and I don't know if anyone knows the the ins and outs of this but he responded basically he was asked if he could make a three million first of all if he could make a three million sponsorship look like closer to 23 million and his response in a in, within the chain of email is yes of course we can do what we like and the short the short the shortfall in finance will be made up by uh by the owners. So a number of these um, emails have come to light. Now, this is off the back of Manchester United's FA Cup win and then the subsequent couple of Premier League wins. So I think what 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 kind of made me choose this topic is I know that it's very, very frustrating for Liverpool fans out there to wait and wait and wait and wait. But you must remember, there's two things I'd like to point out before we get into what's going on at Manchester City with the Premier League. I mean, first of all, when any player, any agent out there worth his salt, because it's Christmas, it's Christmas Eve now for agents out there. When any player wants to inflate his client, any agent wants to inflate his client's worth out there, he links them to Liverpool. 
So that should tell you enough because Liverpool play their cards close to their chest. Liverpool won't come out and they won't deny that they're interested in the player. They'll issue some sort of polite response that that player might be on the radar, but it's far too he's far too expensive. Or they might just say, listen, we've done our business and like today, we don't expect any more incomings. So people use Liverpool for a reason because of the discretion and the absolute secrecy. And I would point to the the um, Fabinho deal. None of us, not Grizz Khan, nobody <laughs> knew that was coming. It was very much, oh, he's this is a guy that's been on Manchester United radar for two and a half years. And by the way, he just signed. Not signing, he signed for Liverpool. That's the way Liverpool do business. But Manchester City, because of the millions that they're spending and because of the fact that they're trying to make, they're trying to invent the fact that 600, that they've had a 600 pounds uh, income in sponsorship since 2013, which is more than Liverpool, Everton, Manchester United and Chelsea combined are coming under that spotlight because I think, I believe, I'm looking at, to be honest with you, particularly two things. Looking at Barcelona and the fact that they're under pressure and they have no choice but to declare that they've had no uh, no match day income. So they, they're going to, I mean, Barcelona are on the brink of having to basically show the door to 14, 14 players in order to keep one or two happy one in particular and in order to bring in two or three key players that they really want. So Barcelona next year will effectively be 14 players, 14 top, top players, believe it or not. And the rest will be kids. Um, And Manchester City are balding it out, basically. They're saying, well, the the rules aren't fit for purpose. Um, uh, Manchester United, AC Milan and Real Madrid had their own way for 25 years. And we don't see why this FFP has to be in effect. So the balls and out. I think, that, to be honest with you, I don't want to bore people anymore with this, but the long and short of this will they'll receive a huge fine from the Premier League um, unless the Premier League are, are more prepared than UEFA were, which I don't expect. Um, and I don't see, a lot of people are hoping for them to be stripped of titles. I don't see that happening. Um, and I think even a lot of their balls out fans are kind of laughing. The whole Simon Pierce thing, uh, their PR consultant who sits on the board, when he issued that statement and said on the email, we do what we want, sure they use that as a chant. And I wanted to kind of highlight the lack. I mean, football has descended into a joke where you would almost prefer UEFA, the Premier League, even FIFA to say, listen, if you've got the money, fair play to you. You're going to dominate. And good luck to anyone that's trying to, you know, catch up. Because that's the reality of it. I mean, there's, the fair FFP is not what the paper it's written on. And I, I suppose... I suppose we're probably all relying on the Premier League to do something spectacular and to have their legal ducks in a row. But if UEFA's lack of preparation, not knowing their own rules, not knowing how to to gather evidence, not knowing their own statute of limitations in terms of time constraints is anything to go by, I'm not holding out much hope. And I'm just hoping maybe that somebody else will have a different insight into this because it's it's gone to the point where it's completely out of control, and it's t- it's sapping an awful lot of the joy out of this, where you're kind of thinking, here we go again, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, the biggest takeaway from that was uh, Downton Grizz Khan in 2021. So, <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. So nobody, knew about, nobody knew about him. Nobody knew. <laughs> nobody knew. <laughs> um, Andy, I've seen you taking kind of question time style notes there throughout uh, Pete's delivery. Uh, you've obviously got 
got some points uh, ready to raise uh, in response uh, or in support maybe of your fellow Liverpool fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't aware of those uh, those leaks. Uh, Pete's a very, very connected individual, so I've no reason to doubt him. <clears throat> but it just, it, it, you know, it's interesting if if, if Pete knows that um, other owners of the clubs across the Premier League know it, they all know what's going on. And when you talk about Liverpool, uh, can can they not just change their transfer policy? <clears throat> I mean, what what does that entail for Liverpool owners? When you're looking at the figures involved in there, just just uh, writing off twenties and twenty million, fifty million sponsorship, a hundred million, hmm. you can't ex- like you can't expect Liverpool to throw in the, the owners to throw in five or ten million. It's not going to put a hole in it. So no. the best bet is to just stick to the plan and try and get the their competitive advantage a different way. It's what's frustrating. I'm what what Liverpool fans that criticise the owners or other teams that criticise their owners should be doing is is um is putting that energy into fucking tackling UEFA and the Premier League. You know, I'm sick of the, the lack of accountability in football. You know, whether it's whether it's referees making bad decisions or the people in um Stockley Park making bad decisions, Premier League protecting referees, UEFA protecting each other. At the end of the day, they're happy to let these things slide. They're happy to make mistakes in uh, procedures, investigation procedures, because at the end of the day, all their big guys are, are coining it from that. The more money that's passing through football, the more money that goes into UEFA. Okay, City might be hiding a lot of it and pretend it's not there, but without City's money, you know what I mean? They, they, there's less money in, in the game, less, sponsor, less money for sponsorship. So City are making it look like there's more money to be made by football and it's actually increasing the value of the product and all the products across Europe, including the Champions League or whatever else. So that's why they'll never really, really um, hold people accountable. And that's that's what corporate governance is, the lack of corporate governance across the whole globe. Once somebody can, can, can also coin, they're not going to blow the whistle. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how, how that all pans out if it's investigated by other parties, um, but it, it really, it really is the, um, it, it really is the downfall in in football fans or or the owners of clubs' energy. Yeah, let's start, let's start, you know, really putting a microscope in these clubs who are taking absolute piss. I mean, Antico, um, Antico makes the point, Rangers and. Juve got relegated for financial doping. It was different though. With Rangers, with Rangers, they set up they set up an offshore uh, salary system where they were paying guys like, for example, Tor Andre Flo. They were paying in, in a time when normal players were on six, seven, eight grand. They were paying guys that came fifty-five grand offshore and not declaring it. It was. It was a, that was completely off the scale, completely off the scale. I mean, what Rangers? Oh, Juve, Juve was referee. That was Cal Chapoli. That wasn't. Yeah, that I mean, was, there was there was, 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 was a, a chief executive. Exactly, a chief executive of Juventus. Actually, it was a very um, very good player. I can't remember his name, but he tried, he tried uh, to commit suicide over that. It was real. That was coercion uh, and a lot of criminal. Yeah, activity. that was uh, that was Pesato, I think, and it, uh, was, it was. Yeah, that was Moji, the referee, and favorable getting favorable referees. It wasn't even match fixing, as what people a lot of people think. It was more just uh, dicking it to get favorable referees that they liked. Yeah, so I think the, about, the difference. I mean, Ray, sorry, the difference between now. 
the Premier League's investigation and UEFA's investigation is the, the statute of limitation. A lot of Manchester City supporters and good, mm. good friends of mine like Mick Brennan and that online, good good lads, they're good, honest Manchester City supporters since the days of Franny Lee. You know, these guys as well want to see the truth. And the difference is that they don't have the same restraints at the Premier League. UEFA, you know, for some reason, UEFA have, have time constraints. So they can actually look at, you know, what what has happened without without any fear of of any kind of statute statute of, of limitations? I would be more kind of hopeful that there would be some level of accountability. Manchester City supporters, you know, some of the Twitter Addy will tell you we were exonerated, which is not a, an exact truth. The, the the a lot of the evidence was inadmissible, so by by qualification of that, they were exonerated of, of wrongdoing. But it was acknowledged that they had withheld the evidence long enough in order to make the evidence inadmissible, which is an absolute madness in itself. The Premier League won't have that problem and they've had, they will have the smoking guns and they have the time on their side. So it will be very, very interesting to see what they actually do. But, I mean, there are plenty of comments coming in around the fact that Davo, this ultimately probably ends up playing out to to no more than a fine. I mean, no one seems to really want to bring, you know, City to... to to task over this, do they? No, no. Listen, I, I, I don't, these kind of things are are great for journalists to get um, the the headlines and to get the stories out, and they're and they're, they're absolutely articles that should be written, etc. But for the like the boy said, for the governing bodies and for the governance involved, they want this gone as quick as possible. They don't want they don't want to get dragged down and dragged down and dragged down. They just want to get something, find them guilty of something, get them a fine. Get it swept under the carpet, and and um, and let's just get get back to uh, the less headaches, the better. That's, that's I don't know. I don't know. I think the Premier League. If you look at the 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 judge's findings when he actually rejected the the gagging order, he he said that justice in the interest of justice needing to be seen to be done. I think that heaps. Although the Premier League are gunning for Manchester City, it might actually heap pressure on the judicial system to actually you know, form some sort of accountability where they have to be seen. I mean, we we're all aware that Manchester City will sign a cheque for 30, 40 million, even in a fine. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Laugh in your face. There needs to be something. There needs to be some sort of gesture. And I think, you know, to be honest with you, you know, they could, you would hope that they might look at, for example, the email, the email that I talked about was sent six days before Sergio Aguero's goal against against uh, QPR that won them their first title, so it goes all the way back there. So the it's the span of control for punishment will go back to the Premier League titles, all the way back to the Premier League titles that they won. So for all intents and purposes, there was financial doping that covered those Premier League titles. Premier League notice, you know, this is not new. This is this goes all the way back to 2011. So the, the pressure. I think, I, look, I, I, I think Andy made a good point about. Like it should be used. Like your wife had come out and was trying to be the good guys when all the Super League stuff came out, 
and they've been repeatedly shown that they're just they're as crooked as 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 any super league or anything like that. As Gavin uh, Walsh says there in the betting, if you break betting rules, you get the book thrown at you. We see Nicholas Bentner with Paddy Power boxers on getting fined more than you get fined for racially abusing players at international tournaments. You've also the likes of Seemly. It came to pass near the end of Euros. I think England were having second thoughts with COVID about maybe the final and semi-finals. Um, the capacity was they still wanted to hold it, but they didn't know about capacity. And the UEFA told them, listen, Victor Orban over in Budapest here, he'll, he'll put 65,000, 70,000 in that stadium. So if you're not going to put 65 or 75,000 in Wembley, the finals and semi-finals are going there. And that's all to do with, it's all to do with money. It's nothing not to do with safety. So I yeah. think Andy is right. I think if you can redirect kind of like UEFA and the good guys, they just aren't. Yeah. They're rotten to the core. Um, they got their own way over the man. Their own rules got in the way over the original city. Um, the original city decision. So I mean, like they're just like the Super League should have been really should really be a wake up call for everybody. I mean, at oh, the it's only day, if they, the, end, the end of the day. This, you know, if you think about it, if if the Premier League, you know, really wanted to go after Manchester City and. And and essentially, you know, what Pete's saying in terms of going back all that time, strip Manchester City of several Premier League titles. I mean, how much does that devalue the Premier League? Like, they're, they're essentially going to be destroying their own credibility, their own brand. I mean, if, if you like it, if you're liking it to cycling and, you know, the doping that was uncovered in, in cycling, it's a tainted sport now. The Premier League would become a, a tainted competition for, for for many years to come so they're hardly going to want to they're hardly going to want to put themselves through that pain of 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 exposing a, a club on their watch of 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 doing this so the well, absolute, absolute, i was about to make that exact point it, it values their product yeah. But I would say the opposite, Ray. They have the opportunity to tidy it up. I mean, for example, if you look at Project Longbow, which is another project on top of the the the, the inflation of the sponsorship deals to the tune of 127 million euros back then, they were they set up Manchester City set up a shell company to buy the image rights of their own players of their own players. Under, and, and it was all legal and legit at the time under the terms of employment of those players. But the, but the, money, the money, of course, came from, from, uh, from Abu Dhabi. So it was a complete, it, it's a complete cycle of corruption. <laughs> you know, the, the Premier League have this, they have this solid, this is not speculation, this is all stuff that's documented. So they have the opportunity to actually say, well, no, I mean, to give you another example, um, they own I think they own six clubs world, worldwide, including New York City and Al Jazeera. Um, I, I think it's Al Jazeera club they own. They when Man, when Roberto Mancini was in charge of Manchester City, he was paid by Sheikh Mansour to advise off the books with uh, with Al Jazeera. I mean, complete. Just we this is the way they operate in within their own. With their own companies, all of the sponsorship deals that came into Manchester City that were worth in reality two, three million that were inflated up to 10 times that amount are all cousins, friends, and associates mm. of Sheikh Mansour. I mean, mm. this is the but way they're gonna, they've, they've, they box clever, they know 
they know it's always going to be seen as speculation. The only time the Premier League will ever do what you're saying, Pete, and use that opportunity is if they're backed into a corner and they've mm. got no other choice. Otherwise, mm. they're going to just try and protect the value of the Premier League. Mm. And the last thing they want to see is, is like like the Serie A when it took a hit when they, all the match fixing was going on. This is just as bad. You know what I mean? It's under their watch. They're the ones that should have been uh, controlling all this and they failed to do so. All because they know that if they if they took City apart, it devalues the Premier League. And it's the richest league in the, in the world at the moment. Well, I, and they'd be afraid of their bollocks. I don't know about devalue, Andy, because Manchester City's pulling power is money. It's not a, anything to do with a fan base. I'll give you an example. If you were to do this to Manchester United, That'd be a massive problem because Manchester United are a worldwide, globally recognized brand. Globe where it would be a massive it's like Lance Armstrong. What what happened to Lance Armstrong? You look at cycling and you go, who's the open, who's not now? Do I really even want to watch this? If that was yeah. it, but with Manchester City, it's like taking Middlesbrough and putting them to the top of the top of the tree. You know, it's you're not going to uh, damage for a fan. For a I fan, you're not going to damage the brand of football by I, putting I, Manchester I, City in a place. I don't, think, they, they, I don't they, think you miss Man. I don't think you would miss Man City as such. They're not the brands, but you would. You would, you would. You would. You would essentially, you know, you're chucking out a team that's won that league a number of times. Now they didn't just go and win it once, like a, you know, a Blackburn or whatever. They've, they've kind of, they've been there. They've, they've won it several times. Now you, 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 you would, you would def. I think certainly for the international market, you would definitely taint the Premier League brand. Yeah. Look yeah. at the just, look at slice just, of cake yeah. they have. But the trophies yeah. they've won domestically, uh, the money that they bring into the Premier League, the money that they take out of Premier League, they they they're too big of a of a stakeholder that they just shoot dead like that. Um, yeah. And look, as fans, we'd love it. Um, and, and most fans would agree across all the leagues in England that they don't really see City as as a massive club, but for the Premier League and UEFA. They are a massive club because yeah. I mean Owen Burke. I, I want to get to Owen Burke comments. Everyone's probably read it by now, but but mm-hmm. City stopping this from going public and a gag and order put on journalists definitely means they've nothing to hide. Um, I mean, Bucky is right. I mean, it's this is a smoking gun, and let's be honest with you, it's like. They've got it's clever what they've done. They've gone into Manchester, the great Manchester area. They've bought a lot of the I don't know if you're familiar with the area, but they've bought up an awful lot of the area. You know, kind of they've really invested heavily in local, um, kind of the local uh, working community, the local uh, property community. They, they, in fairness, they've really they've done that, but it's fantastic PR. So I understand. You know, everybody has a price, and if, if if where I live all of a sudden becomes this bastion of of growth, of course I'm going to defend them. But there's a reason that they've done that. There's a reason that they've done that because the billions, the unlimited wealth, by the way, of where they come from, of the country that they, that they that they rule. And, and fuck off, then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, fuck off to today tonight. It comes off the back of. You know, of of questionably, shall we say, a regime, a very very harsh regime. But like, listen, that's a conversation for another night. We're talking about the rules being broken. But no, I I don't agree that that Manchester City would be missed at the top table. I don't agree. To be honest, I don't okay, it's going to like to round the kind of I suppose back to Liverpool as it's a bar and chat, as someone said. But <laughs> I mean, 
it, it comes back every, it kind of raises its head every summer with signings and stuff like that. Some fans want us, uh, we should be sold with a Russian oligarch or a state or they want us to go go bigger on transfers and stuff like that. Look, at, I, I'm kind of, it, it is a difficult one. Like someone sits you down and go, right, if, if FSG sold to, um, some, to Saudi Arabia or something like that and they're, they're plowing money in, I, I'd hate to be having this conversation around Liverpool in five years. I really would. It's, it has uh, what way it's gone or if you end up going down this route. And I know, listen, you're probably, you're not giving yourself or you could be giving yourself a better opportunity to win things if you were around by a state and they're plowing money in. But like FSG aren't taking any money out, right? They're, they've, they will get the return on their dividend when they sell the club at some stage after increasing Anfield. Uh, new training ground, the infrastructure of the club being in the top four or five, six in, in the world. So if, if they do their business a certain way, I'm fine with that because I, re, I like I, I, it's a fl- double-sided coin. Of course, I'd like us to be playing fucking 400 million in every summer and stuff like that, but it's been said before. <laughs> Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a few comments tonight about that uh, old year, but that's the best I think. That that is quality. But yeah, look, I would I would hate to be I had I'd hate to be having this conversation around Liverpool. Like it we we've we've got good owners. Yeah, look yeah. the could the portions be opened a little bit more, possibly, but listen. listen Andy, Andy, can I ask you a question? And Go you will ahead. know what I mean by this. Is it any surprise to you, given what we think of Harry Kane secretly uh, and openly, that Harry Kane seems to be chomping at the bit to sign for Manchester City? Do you follow no. my thinking here? Absolutely none. I mean, it, it just says it all for me. It's the path of least resistance. It's one of the reasons I don't like Harry Kane. And I, I'm insulted when people try to insult, uh, compare him to Mohamed Salah. Mohamed Salah came to Liverpool, you know, and basically as a challenge. And this is why I think he's beyond reproach and beyond criticism. Harry Kane is looking, don't get me, he's given years to sports, but he's, he's looking at it going, okay, where can I, where can I take me shortcut to the glory? And he, Harry Kane is everything that I hate about football. And Mohamed Salah is everything I love about it. I think that's an interesting comment there uh, from Christopher Carroll, Ray. Yeah, I mean, would you not question United in, in 92 when it all started? Uh, they jumped I, I, ahead of everyone with the I, team I, like sponsorship. I wouldn't question them. I think if it wasn't United, it would have been someone else. Yeah. And I think uh, as much as we hate the, the Manx, they, they were the ones that that uh, had the... the um, the vision and the balls and the foresight to go ahead and use their brand, you know, and we stood still under the moors at the time and we were bigger than them. We were way bigger than them back then. I mean, we were coming out of the eighties by dominating everything. Europe Uh, Liverpool was well more recognized than Manchester United across the world. But, but what they did uh, in a, in a similar model to how, um, American sport was gone is they just jumped on the bandwagon first and, and off they went and it took us a full 20 years probably to mm. to cop on it's only really FSG now 100%. Who, yeah. well I think who, didn't, um, didn't Hicks and Gillette say they were yeah. I know listen they're, they're 
uh, persona on grat or whatever. But th- didn't they say they were amazed at how bad our, our uh, commercial end of the things were oh. when they got to the club? They said it was I this mean, in, fair, in fairness to Manchester United, Manchester United were doing in the 1990s what Michael Edwards is doing mm. now. hundred percent, hundred percent. Now, and it, and look, it's it's gone a bit messy for United because you, look, you see how their fans feel about their owners now. There is a lot of money. Um, yeah, there is a lot of debt in the club. They and love them still, now, Andy. They're, they're still paying shareholders. <laughs> yeah, and they, look, they, they're the masters. They're the masters of shutting their own up. I mean, I don't think half the United fans really know what they're arguing about. But if no. you look at it, um, it it's <laughs> like that. The, the massive debt is there, but they have the brand there that they know that it's safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. You look at say Chelsea, like Chelsea are far more fragile. I would say. If Abramovich ever does get um, uh, bored or else he gets in big trouble, Chelsea are gone. They're gone forever. Yeah, off the face of the like earth. They could end up like yeah. the abyss for 20 years. Yeah. Definitely and um, I suppose the, the same goes to uh, City to a certain extent. But uh, look, I'm happier the way Liverpool are being ran. And um, and if they do follow United's model, which is what they're going to have done, let's face it, um, and it's made as competitive, it's made as to get get back on the map and, and start to win trophies again, attract better players, attract the manager like Klopp. You know what I mean? We we worry we worry too much about other clubs. Look at Liverpool, you know, um they're, they're, it's a, it is a sustainable future, you know, and and I, I would take it all day long ahead of what's what other clubs are dealing with. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think I think there's a there's definitely a, a consensus here in terms of uh, which which type of uh, club we'd rather be um, getting behind in terms, of, and then at the end of it, you know, we, we we got the European Cup, we got the the Premier League, you know, we we won it in a in a way that we all feel immensely, you know, satisfied and proud of. I think it's it's fair to say that you know we 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 certainly didn't buy our way to anything. No, um, no the course of over the no. course of those successful seasons so we'll bring it look to, to finish off we'll we'll bring it sort of back onto the pitch um in some respects or at least bring it back to the season that 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 uh, lays ahead i mean it is and this was my uh, subject really for me this is this feels like the most exciting Premier League season ever in some respects. I mean, we just spoke there about, you know, the brand, the Premier League brands. I mean, let, let, let's just let's just forget about the fact that it's, you know, that it is the Premier League or whatever. Just from the point of view of what, you know, what everyone has been through over the last, you know, year to, to sort of 15, 16 months, um, you know, in our own personal lives, but but just in terms of what we've what we've missed, you know, we see we got a glimpse of it in the Euros, fans back in stadiums. I mean, it's still. I mean, I've been in I, I've been in Liverpool for the last three weeks. You know, um, it, it was definitely evidence that society is getting back to normal, and I mean normal, normal, um, with all the restrictions now being dropped uh, from last Monday, and the prospect of you know, games now at Anfield, full houses. It's still a bit mind-boggling, really, in some respects. But but it is gonna it is it is gonna happen. We're gonna see full stadiums from from day one. You know, uh, please God. But we're gonna see full stadiums. We're, we're we're now in a situation where you know 
ourselves, Liverpool, we've got so many players coming back next season. Um, you know, we, we, we lost out so much in terms of injury last season. We've got all these players coming back, you know, few few new players added to the mix. You know, we've got the European champions in the league in Chelsea. Um, and, you know, Tuchel himself, um, you know, is still riding the crest of a wave. We've got Ole at the wheel with his contract extension. We've got them splashing the cash. Um, you know, we've got obviously City who are going to be there. Um, you know, they're, they're still the ones to beat. Um, and and who knows? I mean, you know, Brendan continues to sort of work miracles for like three quarters of the season and then fades <laughs> off badly. Um, we've got <laughs> full stadiums for a limited time only. Um, I thought someone would would bite on 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 that prospect. And and in fairness, I, you know, I, I think you know we, we may only get we only we may only get a few games with full stadiums, but that remains to be seen. Um, and then we've got you know we've got Tottenham with the new manager coming in. Who knows what he can he can do there? Um, and and then you've got Rafa. I mean Rafa. You know, coming into Everton as a as a bit of a sideshow, really. I mean, he's gonna, you know, that's gonna give us a, a little bit of extra spice every every week uh, to see uh, what sort of meltdowns those fans have when they, you know, when they get a draw where they should have won a game and so on mm. and so forth. So, to me, this start this is really starting to feel like it has all the makings of being, you know, the best. Premier League ever really? I mean, Andy, what 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 what's your excitement level now? We're only a f- we're only a few weeks away from smashing Norwich by five goals. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, it's, look, it's real exciting. Um, it's it's just it's just that bit of uncertainty that's still there. Um, the way things are escalating, um, with with COVID cases again. If it does, if it, it it's going to be such a kick in the stones if the grounds are full and then they have to rein back in on it. But look, if it goes to plan. And we get out of all of this now, and and the ground is full again. Players are back. We start winning games. It's, it's going to give the whole. It's just going to give the whole fucking a lot of us a lift. Like it's just going to be to sit down and watch a game and and not have to listen to fake uh, crowd noise. The guy was even f- still felt a bit negative going into the Euros. Didn't really watch too many of the group games. I kind of felt like maybe the this thing might get suspended. You know, the Olympics was barely going ahead. Um, but if if things go as you really set it up there, Ray, the Sky don't even need to do one of those special ads because um, what we've all had to endure for the last year or so, year and a half, um, th- this, this is going to be unbelievable. The players will feel it. Um, the fans are going to feel it. And it's just like, not having to, like, Watch, could we just bore to death with football where there was games on all the time? I just can't wait to to be watching a game on a on a, a three o'clock on a Saturday and looking at other results coming in as well and and that sort of normality and to be able to have a point in a pub watching a game or after a game to get over to them. Now it's going to be great, um, as long as it all goes goes to plan. Yeah, dead right. I think it's going to be one of the best. Um, it, it's it's like a after such a big reset. Um, we 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 recognise how many of the little things are so important. You know, you never would have you never would have imagined in your wildest dreams of losing what we've had in the last year and a half. And uh, if, if Liverpool can get off to a good start, um, winning the league next year um, would be just incredible. Like to not be able to 
celebrate the last one. Like that Liverpool will literally just fucking blow up. Yeah. It would be fucking mad. And I, I really do fancy us going into this season. I think it's a, I said last season, I really feared the empty ground. I think we're we're the team that is most affected by it for an empty Anfield. And look, not only did we lose our unbeaten run, like we lost six in a row or something. That mm. just doesn't happen in Anfield with a full ground. I can't fucking yeah. wait. It wouldn't, mm. it wouldn't it wouldn't have happened. I mean, Davo, I mean, I was excited last week going around Aldi without a mask on. I mean, you know, that's that's where that's where I'm at. You know what I mean? I can't mm. even imagine going into a full Anfield, you know, sixty thousand in a few weeks' time. I'm not gonna be lucky enough to. But but can you imagine the excitement of being at that first game? Oh look, I think Andy kind of hit the nail on the head, and I think we're all gonna be similar as in Crowds getting back and the fans and the players kind of reuniting after being like, which has been like, what has it been like? It's been fifteen months, hasn't it? Sixteen months since since crowds, probably uh, longer, obviously with the uh, break in the seasons. But listen, the, like the one thing I am looking forward to, and I hope they do it, and I don't give two fucks if we get slagged like we got slagged when Klopp got the lads to do a bow in front of the Klopp after the West Brom two-all draw. I hope the players bring the Premier League trophy out and parade to the fans. I really, I really do. I really, I really fucking do. Fuck it. We like, see, see, you're going to do it. They won it last year, right? No fans in, in, in the... In the ground, we won it the year before. No fans in the ground. I, I, I honestly, Jesus, I hope they do it, and I hope we get slagged and everything about it. But I don't give a fuck. The, the fans, that the, the fans like yourself, Ray, that are we uh, going week in, week out, and all like they deserve that. And I'd love to be sitting there watching it. To be quite honest with you, and I mean that. I genuinely mean that. I don't give a fuck about getting canned or it like that. I swear to God, that like we waited thirty years. I don't give a shit. That like we had to wait one more to, to to show it to the uh, that like that trophy has never been paraded mm. at Anfield. Mm. Yeah. Right, fair yeah. enough. It's it's a year later than you would have been doing it, but it still should be paraded in my opinion. I mean, there is a there is a replica in in the ground. Believe it or not, there is. You know, you can still. You know, it, it can be whipped out the cabinet. Mm. Like, I mean. Even if it wasn't like officially done, like you know, if someone just decided to go up there and just whip it out and off the cuff, you know, you know, mm. he's got my he or she's got my support to do that right now. You know what I mean? Just do it. Um, I mean, I'm excited the prospect of even going to the pub for the first the first game against Norwich and being out with some of the lads. I mean, you know, we've not been able to do that. Even you know. Just, just, just socialise with with our with our mates and watch it and watch a game on the telly. I mean, the whole thing about now getting back to a proper football program, you know, three o'clock kickoffs on Saturday and 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 not having every game televised. You know, I, I think I think you know that that again is just a sense of normality sort of thing. I mean, Pete, um, you know, I, I think I heard. A, a couple of weeks ago, that we were we were down as I think third favourites to win to win the league this season, third or fourth favourites yeah. to win the league this season. I mean, where where do you where do you see us rank? You know, realistically in terms I, of to, to be honest with you, I, I'm always more um, optimistic when everybody writes us off. It's you know, it's when we're at, at our best when the weight of expectation is off our shoulders. People are putting Chelsea ahead of us. 
obviously put Manchester City ahead of us. They'll probably put Manchester United ahead of us now that they've signed a player that Real Madrid have been trying for four years to get rid of, to be <laughs> honest. Um, and that's a, that's a fact. Um, they might even put Arsenal ahead of us. The more they do that, the better. Liverpool will quietly go about their business, welcoming back the best defender the Premier League has ever seen and uh, and adding some more steel to it. So I fancy, to be honest, I think it'll, it'll be business as usual, it'll be a battle with Manchester City. Um, and unless they recruit effectively, which I haven't seen yet so far, to be honest, they've given Fernandinho a new contract. You know, people treat Manchester City's rumours like Grealish and Kane, uh, you know, as if they haven't really signed anyone of note. So mm. I, fa- I fancy it, to be honest. I do fancy it. It's, for me, it's about the, the new lads coming back and keeping, you know, getting Mane back to what Mane is capable of, getting the crowd back through the door, which is a player for us. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of making huge changes. I think Wayne Adam has to be replaced, but I'm not a fan of making huge, especially with Liverpool. You don't really need to. Let everybody spend fortunes trying to catch up with where we actually are, which is effectively what they're doing. But good luck to them, you know? I mean, Andy, righting the wrongs of last season is going to be one motivation. Second motivation really should be the fact that we won that league and it wasn't able to be paraded Uh in front of the fans. So by winning the league, you know, this season, it would almost be like winning it for the first time in, in 32 years, essentially. I mean, do you think, do you think that Klopp has got the ammunition there to make these lads win this league again? Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, Liverpool have come back after finishing runners up in the Premier League and win the, the league after. So we can do that again. And the, when we did win it, they weren't able to enjoy it. You know what I mean? It was an extended season and they were straight back into football. Everything that kind of could go wrong went wrong with those horrific injuries, the timing of them, um, having no fans. Like those those players will want this. You know what I mean? Club is the ultimate when it comes to motivation and leadership. The incentive to parade that trophy around will be like winning it again. Yeah, they got to celebrate together that time in the hotel. They were all jumping around the the, the veranda. What's it going to be like going around Liverpool? It will be like the first time winning in in long. It's going to it'll feel like that for the city as well. It will. How how um how the place went off when when uh, the Champions League came came home a couple of seasons ago. Um, there won't be a celebration known like Liverpool winning the league next year and I don't think that the players won't need to be told you know what yeah. I mean yeah I mean I, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up what it was just past the hour and a half mark I'm gonna finish up lads by you know coming out with one of the questions uh, I think it was Kevin Ball who asked the question and it's an interesting one because <clears throat> Shawnee uh, Lawson has been putting into the chat on a consistent basis that he would prefer the Champions League this season. And it's a good, you know, it's a good question mm. given the choice Champions League or, or Premier League. Um, Andy, what, what would be, what would be yours if you were, if you were told we're going to win one of those next season? Oh, it's, it's the Premier League. Like, because we just, we, the last Champions League we won, we got to parade it around the city and we got to celebrate a property. We didn't get to, uh, to, 
celebrate that league properly. I would have took the Champions League last season because it was, again, it was an unusual uh, season and you knew you weren't going to get to celebrate it properly. But this year, with fans back and hopefully we don't have any, any more setbacks to do with the pandemic, hopefully by next May, things are 100% normal again. Um, so it's actually, it's a no-brainer for me. I wouldn't even consider it. it okay, it's a... Wouldn't be a bad uh, second prize if they if they didn't win the league, but uh, the league all over. And like someone said in the comments there, to go level with United, we have to do that. And we have to do it soon. Yeah. Klopp won't be around forever. Yeah. You know, you don't know who Klopp's successor will be. You can't tell the future in football. But um, I think now is the time for Liverpool to to take advantage of the fact that they are we are so lucky to have Klopp at the moment, and uh, one Premier League won't be enough. I mean, we have to celebrate at least once in a one of those in front of the fans. Yeah, just as importantly, Ole won't be around forever as well, and I'll I'll take Klopp over Ole any day of the week. Um, Davo, are you on board with that Premier League over the Champions League? Y- yeah, I think so. Now, listen, it's it's uh, the Champions League wouldn't be a consolation prize now either if we ended up winning it. You know what I mean? But I do. Oh, if, if it meant beating Man City in the final, I think I'd yeah. take the Champions um, League. But I yeah, I would have, for the reasons Andy said, um, be, it'd be nice to get level. Um, we think we do need to win another league. Like Klopp isn't going to be around for ages, but yeah, I think listen, the, like you're the best team over twenty eight games against some some big clubs like the Europe as you alluded to, right? The European champions are in our, our Chelsea and then obviously City as well. So um, yeah, listen, I think I would I would probably be just just prefer the league. Yeah, and the sirens blaring behind you there, Pete Joe Walsh on his way to a call. Sees um, lawyers, lawyers on their way to take me away. <laughs> um, so let 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 me let me ask you a slightly different question, uh, Pete. Do you think we will win one of the Premier League or the or the Champions League? Yeah, I think, think I, I think if we continue the the policy that we have towards the other two cups, the the domestic cups, which is to not pay them any kind of reverence or respect at all, I think we'll go out guns blazing. We need to beef up um, squad options. I expect them to bring in more force team uh, ready players probably be, be, be before the end of the window. I think that's probably the the the, the gambit is to get rid of a couple of the, the fringe lads. To really talk these guys in and to have you know more beefy options and to give the two competitions a go, I think that's always the plan with them. You know, you know, throw the kids into those two cups, and as much as it winds us up during the season, I kind of look looking at other teams having a good time, and we we get nostalgic um, about this, particularly the FA Cup. I think it's sensible go for those two competitions as far as you can. I can. I, th- I think Andy is right. If we have a good, good solid start, which is always Liverpool, if you get a good solid start, the first eight to ten games. I can really see us, you know, going all the way with the lads that are back. You know, I don't see why not, to be honest, as long as the goals flow. Yeah, I, I think the other thing, I'm I'm going to make a prediction of my own now. I think Rafa wins a trophy this season. Just throw that out there. <laughs> I think Rafa does the best. He already did. He, did, he already one. did. Florida Cup. <laughs> and, he got, and he got stick for not uh, saluting the fans. <laughs> That fella's on a hide and not on his knee, but um, no. we'll, we'll, enjoy, we'll enjoy that. That'll be, uh, I'm it's sure that'll be fun. 
be a hot topic as the season progresses anyway. So look, that is that is the four. Come here just before we go. I, I know yeah. um Dave David Lennon in the comments won't be happy if I if I don't address okay. a massive uh golf match we had yesterday in <laughs> the uh city of Lorgan uh <laughs> up in the north of Ireland. Um myself and Veranda Cheese made the long trip north yesterday. Good God. And we, we had a game of golf. Myself and Gav teamed up to take on Neil, Veranda Cheese, Larrigan and Dave Lennon. And we did lose the match yeah. on yeah. Uh, on the fifteenth hole. Um oh, I won't uh, I won't I won't throw Gav under the bus. Um uh, but uh, you know, it just didn't it just possible? wasn't it just wasn't um it wasn't our day. My and uh, fair play to the Wardy winners. They played great golf. Uh, Captain you, Miranda are you, Chase. Are you, are you saying that you're the carry gav? I'm not saying that, and I said I wouldn't throw him under the bus. Although, although he did have a little, um, a little hissy fit. Um, we he it was the eleventh, as far as I know, and um, he pulled the ball left out of bounds. My God, we won't say. We won't say who's house to hit, but I hit a house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Gav's been claiming to be, you know, shooting 81s, 82s consistently all yeah. summer. Yeah, look, golf's a funny game. You only get a loan of it. Um, but he... Uh, he got he a loan refused. of Joe Walsh's Porter. <laughs> he refused to play a second provisional ball. Um, and, uh, and I was like... You know, Gav, we're, we're we're a team here. Play your second ball. No, no, no. So is this, is that is this like this what it is now? Is this a tantrum? Like are you are you throwing the fucking <laughs> toys out of pram? So anyway, after thinking about it for about twenty seconds, he says, oh, "All right, then I'll, I'll play another ball anyway." And that one went left as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the best game for me either. It wasn't the best game from. Uh, from Gav, but the, the lads played some good golf True, It was a great, great course, Lorgan Golf Club. Um was a, you won't be going back anytime soon as well. No, no, we we'll go up. We had we had <laughs> uh we had a nice meal and some points afterwards. Um I had a, I had a chicken burger, one of the nicest chicken burgers I've ever had. So Dave will uh, will want me to compliment the field there because he was a little bit nervous. So I was going to take their menu apart, but uh, it was it was nice grub. The only criticism I would have is: Have you ever been served a burger without chips? Very rarely. No, you, if you order a burger, you get chips with it. That's automatic. You shouldn't have yeah. to. You shouldn't have to ask. Anyway, uh, the burgers came without chips. Very surprised. Yeah, I was very surprised. So it wasn't wasn't it um there wasn't wasn't a good chip on the day at all from me no. anyway. <laughs> um we'll we'll finish here. We've got a, a super chat coming from um Azam Mahmood. Uh two signings and we're ready to win again. Uh, badly need to inject freshness into the squad, but with quality midfield uh, and wide attacker, uh Sal and Rafinha for me, don't be static FFG. <laughs> Yeah, I think there is a little bit of a fear that that we will we will kind of you know I guess the last transfer window we've still we're still kind of raw from that and and the fact that we were kind of caught on the hop a little bit but hopefully hopefully we'll 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 um, 
we'll secure the targets in time uh, in this window and we'll be able to to go with it with a decent squad uh, into battle uh, for the, at least for the first half of the season mm-hmm. and see where we're at uh, in January. So look, uh, we're going to wrap up. Thanks to um, thanks to Andy, top red. Thanks to Davo. Davo and Andy will strike back. By the way, <laughs> oh well, yeah, well, yeah, will remains to be seen. Thanks to Davo for his uh, for his endorsements. Thanks to yeah. Pete um, for his uh, legal uh, input. <laughs> and um, and, <laughs> and thanks to the um, thanks to to most of all thanks to the people in the chat. I mean, I, I'm going to call out a few people because there's some regulars in here. But Red yeah. Steve, Owen Burke, Laura Mohamed, Duffy, Mohamed Joggy, uh, Mohamed Joggy. David Lennon, David Lennon. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Mohamed. Yeah, top man. Uh, he he weighs in. Um, uh, R. Allison. Uh, we had Dave in a little bit earlier. We even had Shawnee. Yeah. In, in a little bit earlier, Stephen Dunn. Um, look, we really value, uh, and and I'm also mentioned the last minute when a podcast as well. Uh, Kevin Ball, look, and Dicko. We, we 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 this this podcast is what it is. I I, I dip in and out of um, some of these uh, podcasts as a viewer. It is it is what it is because of these people who consistently turn up on a nightly basis. Definitely. And uh, thanks. Thanks to all of you for listening and subscribing. Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be back later this week. Uh, there's plenty of shows lined up. Um, know for certain that Jamie will be here on Wednesday uh, with his uh, midweek uh, podcast. Um, always entertaining. He's got an absolute top crew. So um, we'll be back next Monday uh, with the forum. Uh, Phil may be back. Um, he's on uh, sabbatical at the moment. So uh, uh, before I ramble on too long, over and out. Oh, just one thing. Sienna Steps, Phil Anfield. The link is in the description. All over Twitter. No excuse. One euro or one pound into Anfield. Bring the family. Um, let's fill this ground for Sienna. She deserves it. Um, and thanks to everybody that's contributed so far. But there's still plenty of people uh, that we can squeeze into Anfield. So, um, yeah, let's do it for Sienna, uh, boys and girls. Night, night. Sports Social Podcast Network.